This is a WKYT podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Victor and Andrea, as Andrea tries to throw a grape at me. Andrea, are you going to eat your breakfast while we're, we're recording this? Or Wouldn't be lunch, the first I time. I guess technically it's lunch for you since you've been up since about 2 a.m. I, I still don't know what my eating schedule is. I've never quite figured that out. I just eat whenever I have time. Good. All right. It's a great life I lead. All right. So one thing I wanted to talk to you about, you oh, got to no, do something. You me. Oh, you got to do something cool. You got to go cover the oaks. I did. I did. It was a. You really look so good sharp time. out there. That's oh, my thanks. favorite part about it is the pageantry. Yes, everyone looking uh, looking nice instead of the hot mess that I normally am. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. I'd I'd covered it once before as a reporter. Mm-hmm. So literally just some stuff in the infield, which I was in also in the infield this time too. And I, I put one of those stories so far on Facebook. Hopefully, by the time this goes up, I'll put the second one up. Okay. They're funny. You'll have to check You're it out. the right person to send to the infield. I feel like you really have to think about who you're assigning to each location. Yes. Like, the infield is fun. There you go. You got to have somebody with some personality to get in there and get dirty with the infielders. Well, and I, I did my best not to get dirty since I had to. <laughs> you still had to anchor. It, it helped that the rain stopped. Uh, yeah, so I got to report, but then I also um, field anchored with Amber and that was my first time and um she helped a lot made it really easy um you know she kind of just run me down but you know I am very much um I mean I can ad-lib some mm-hmm. but I, I I like the prompter just to give me a little bit of right direction uh so did this, you all not have one at all out there no no, no, no yeah no mm. so basically just and luckily I didn't have any big reads mine was just kind of like okay come in introduce this you know intro, you know so um there was yeah so it, but it was all and I think Amber had the largest part that she had to memorize yeah but yeah it was it was really fun she um, had to carry you yeah exactly i mean it's not the first time she's <laughs> i'm had to do kidding that. i'm kidding it's not the first time a woman's you know, had to pick up my slack my my first job ever there was no teleprompter i think i've talked about this a little bit but um remember my oh, the dog I, my or dog you, was my co-anchor the teleprompter just said bark <laughs> yeah he could on command oh, radar nice. was so talented uh but yeah like me and it was actually Chris Johnson. Nice. We would literally just sit and talk, and I kind of just freestyled the whole thing, which has really helped me down the line as far as oh, mornings, because you do imagine. a lot more yeah. than mornings. Yeah. But uh, it's interesting. And also back to your style, Jim Caldwell got a very interesting critique the other day. Um, so our news director came down, and you know Jim had gotten a new outfit, mm-hmm. and he's like, "What do you think?" Oh. Kind of posing, and Robert's like. Very Victor Puente esque. <laughs> what do you think? I want. I want to know your I'm opinion. Do you think that's that a that good or bad well, thing? Well, I don't think it's a good thing. I think he <laughs> meant that Jim was mixing patterns. Is that what was happening? You're bold. Was Jim mixing patterns? I don't recall. Because I, um, that was one thing I would do quite a bit of. I had a lot of shirts that I liked and some <laughs> ties that I liked, and you know, if they went together, eh, who knows? Um, well, and, we've seen how you dress your daughter. So well, that too. Uh, and so yeah, there would be times that. I would get home and my wife would look at me and go, you wore that? Oh! And uh, so since then, I've gotten rid of most of my patterned shirts. Mm-hmm. Most of my shirts now are just white because it does make it easier to match up ties. Um, you know. I'll, oh, yeah. I'll introduce some more occasionally, but yeah, mostly it's just the suits and the ties change. Isn't that just the ultimate burn? I know my mom will look at me and she'll be like, oh, is that what you're wearing? Oh, that's, yeah. So, and you just get that look and you're like, I'm really not anymore. I'm to, to know what Jim was wearing. 
You'll have to talk to him. I'm sure he has feelings about it and will be happy to to go over them with you. He got to go to the Oaks also. He did. He did. I think he enjoyed it, but it wasn't the best weather, which is always tough for him. When it's bad weather, it's like everybody yells at him. Well, I'll I'll say this. (laughs) Actually, so it was raining when we first got there. We had to park in the – I'll just go through the whole day. So I had to – I left here around 7 a.m. I had to pick up Deanne Stevens in Louisville uh, as Andrea tries to hide her chewing. You're doing a great job. I can barely hear it. So, <laughs> uh, I'm listening. No, I'm. I can multitask. Okay, no, you're doing a great job. Uh, can't hear the yogurt at all. <laughs> so anyway, I had to pick up. I picked up Deanna in Louisville. We went to the expo centers where they were parking us all, and then we took buses over, which was really quick in the morning. I mean, I was impressed with how how efficient everything was. Uh, at the end of the day, not as efficient because you've got you know tens of thousands, a hundred, however many right. people leaving. So we. We stood in line for about uh, an hour. You beat the crowd up top, but exactly. not on the, on the, the way back home. We, we stood in line outside the Churchill Downs for an hour to get on the bus oh. to go back to the Expo Center. Me, Amber, um, Caitlin, our producer, and um, Chris Lipscomb. So mm. just the, the four of us just hanging out, Goodness having a good gracious. time. Uh, so, yeah, we all – we eventually made it out. But so we get there that morning. And I know what I have to do throughout the day. I had, uh, you know, some infield pieces and then some other stuff. So I was able to knock out most of my stuff within about an hour and a half just because, um, you know, I, I knew what I had to do. So I got like eight interviews right off the bat. Yeah. And then just a lot of video. I didn't even take a tripod in the infield because Smart. It's, it's just, yeah. It's... Now, I've never experienced the infield at the Derby mm-hmm. or at the Oaks. So I don't know. What was the craziest thing you saw? calmer. Really? It's Oaks. not everything? On Oaks? Oh, no. yeah. True. On Derby, it is insane. I Because I, I also worked the Derby, I worked the, the actual Derby for five years um, in my previous job as a photographer. And, I mean, imagine Mardi Gras in the <laughs> middle of the Kentucky Derby. That's that's what some of it's like. All right. There are... Um, I want a specific something. Well, okay. So, here's, so if it rains, there's one section that is a little bit lower and it will, you'll get like a mud lake almost. Mm. And so people were stripping down to their underwear... The and skivvies. just doing a slip and slide, like just running, and they just they were just standing there covered in mud. And I'm thinking, where's your stuff? Grown what adults. Are you do- yeah, these are grown. I'm like, <laughs> what? What are you doing the rest of the day? I just I had a lot of questions. There's a row of porta potties <laughs> near those that guys. Do you have an exit strategy? I, exactly. I don't You're know. covered yeah. in mud. Your uh, car. Great question. So um, there's a row of porta potties that guys. This was all guys doing. Well, I take that back. The mud stuff, guys and girls. Everybody was just getting getting crazy. Uh, I don't mean like that. It's just I don't know. Just yeah, like like a slip and slide. But so there is a giant row of porta potties. Guys would climb up on one and then run across the top of them, and people would throw beer cans at them oh. to try to hit them to knock them down. And but the police were there because you obviously shouldn't be doing this. So the police would be there waiting, and as soon as they fell off, they'd grab them and arrest them. And there was I remember there was one guy who made it all the way across, and he hit the the end and just took off <laughs> wow he it. made it yeah, everybody clapped he Yay! this reminds me of like a world before smartphones when you just had to be yeah, creative with exactly. your time I mean, that's, people just didn't have anything else to do i guess so yeah that i mean the infield's crazy but on the on oaks it was much less crazy so it rained that morning but by around 10 the rain had stopped and oaks ended up being beautiful i mean there was yeah some mud back where we were and you know i'm glad i wore my hiking boots instead of my dress shoes um, and then Brian Milam and Alex Walker wore the same suit, essentially, which was funny. And so we all Awkward. joked about that with them. Um, all right. We got we to gotta focus. We got to get to our guest today. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Too much rambling here. Point was, uh, it was a good time, though. And I, I had to show 
Alex where the media room was so we could go eat some of that delicious Churchill Downs food. I will tell you a funny story about Alex Walker on the other side of this interview. All right, I'm down with that. So mm-hmm. let's talk about our, our guest today, Mr. Mitchell Grog, someone who genuinely loves his job. Oh, I would... It'd be tough to find someone more passionate about his job than Mitchell and about this company than Mitchell. Mitchell is a self-proclaimed company man. He is. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm I not wrong. You. No, he's, he's nodding in agreement. He's, yeah. He's great and uh, such a sweetheart, and he's done a lot as far as, you know, the news industry yeah, is concerned. Yeah, that's one thing he talks about. You know, yeah, he's, he's anchored, he's reported, he's produced, so, you know, he knows what it's like to be out in the field. Yeah. So let's just get into it. Let Mitchell speak for himself. You all are going to be entertained, I have no doubt. Hello, everyone. We're here with... Oh, Andrew, are you okay? Yeah. Okay, you just smiled all of a sudden. Oh, I'm sorry. I just... I like to see your face. <laughs> Andrew, why don't you I feel like we said the exact same thing last week. <laughs> yeah, You're we like, why are did. you smiling? <laughs> I'm not used to Andrew being happy Don't about interrogate stuff, so yeah. me. All right, so joining us today is someone that I feel like we can talk to for a long time, Mitchell Grob. Hello. He is currently one of our producers at this station, but he's been, you've worn many hats, right, Mitchell? I have. In the uh, going on six years that I've been in this business, I've anchored, I've produced, I've reported, done about everything. Now, here is something that maybe you don't know. Mitchell and I went to school together at Western. What? I don't even know if he remembers this, but I, I remember that. seeing Mitchell on campus because he was always <laughs> dressed up. Did you carry a briefcase? Typically. I knew it. Yeah. I was like, that had to have been Mitchell. Because when I re-met you later in life, I was like, I know this guy. Which, if you see Mitchell now, he is, again, he will be wearing uh, a dress shirt and tie when some of our <laughs> other male producers will probably be wearing, like, jeans and a shirt that may or may not have been washed who knows because <laughs> no. that's the thing when you're not on air a lot of times people just dress da- dress down but mitchell um always dresses up and imagine my shift when people don't even see oh, most of goodness. the people that work here there's a skeleton oh, uh, crew overnight part of now for the record producers. i didn't start wearing a tie until i started working daylight hours but i figure you know why not and i you know from my time on the air i've got this vast collection of ties so why not use them put them to use yeah. i i love that all right plus so- you never know when somebody's going to go down, like what? What? And if, you got to pinch hit. Yeah, suddenly Mitchell like, can be called up to the plate, and he has experience. <laughs> that's, the, that's the other thing. It's it's weird how many uh, people you realize in the newsroom just have experience doing different jobs. Oh yeah. yeah. So let's talk about Mitchell. So, how did this crazy journey begin? Where were you born? Where are you from? I'm from Evansville, Indiana, originally. Okay, we won't hold that against you. Well, thank you. You're welcome. It's not that far from Kentucky. It's just across the river from Henderson. So I've got, you know, I've always kind of had that closeness to Kentucky for a long time. I mean, even from the, uh, you know, the first station I interned at, which is now one of our sister stations, WFIE in Evansville, you know, they cover a lot of news in Kentucky there. And I occasionally made some visits to their Owensboro Bureau uh, when I interned there, gosh, eight years ago this summer. Mm. Which it's hard to believe it's been that Aren't long. Aren't you sorry? I feel old when I think about things yeah. like that. You know what I mean? And we're not. I, I know we're not. I started in 2003. <laughs> but you sorry. look good. That's all, all right, that matters, baby. It's that Botox. But yeah, no. That, it's that working old, for you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but no, it, it is weird. You start to, especially when you start to see newer people come into the newsroom and they tell you, you know, when they graduated high school and you realize like, oh, I was already working, you know, I've been in the business years when you graduated high all right school. quit nice. crying so back i'm to not your... in the ca- I, that's not the case with me speaking yet. of high school what were you like in high school what were you into i was on the debate team this does not surprise that. Yeah. <laughs> that was my big my big claim to fame um i guess the only real 
big thing. I went to, uh, I qualified for the national tournament the, my junior year. So between my junior and senior years of high school, uh, went to the national debate tournament. It was at one point called the National Forensic League, the NFL. You know, the, the joke <laughs> with the coach was, you know, I love it. You, know you, you tell people that you're a lifetime member of the NFL and you stop there. Yeah, stop talking. Uh, yeah. Learn when to stop talking. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it was, in of all places, Las Vegas. The unfortunate thing is I was 17 years old, and I've got this trip to Las Vegas. Oh. But it was still a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Uh, you know, there are places they don't care in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I would Actually, say they're just the stricter. They're very strict, yeah, okay. because they are so... They don't want to get... Nobody wants to get shut down. Nobody wants to lose money. You sound like you speak from experience. Well, I, <laughs> I, I've been to Las Vegas before. And um, one time I went with my then-girlfriend and her family. We were going to California, mm-hmm. and she was 20, and I was 21. So I was able to gamble. So it was like, I, at one point I was at a slot machine putting quarters in, and she was, I don't know, two feet behind me. Mm-hmm. And some guy came up, and he's like, I need to see both your IDs. And oh, so wow. He made, it's like, no, she has to go stand over there. She can't even be near you. Dang. So yeah, they are on top of it. Well, and I remember we went to see a show in Las Vegas because, you know, we'd been, been eliminated, but we assumed that we were going to go all the way in the tournament, my debate partner and I and, and my coach. So one of the shows we saw was within a casino, which is common there. And basically we had to keep walking because, yeah, you know, you even stop. even though we were in the casino, it's like, you know, you have to go through the casino to get to the auditorium where You're the show is. giving me no other choice. But, you know, you have to basically keep walking or else there's a problem. So I know personally I love arguing. And I don't get offended. It's like I enjoy the art of arguing. Mm-hmm. I'm Victor shaking his head like he believes that 100%. But I'm assuming you're the same. I don't, I don't same... want to contradict you and start an argument. <laughs> there you go. Oh, no. I Very rarely do way? I take it personally. It's because you, you know, if you debate, you know, competitively, you can't. Well, I was going to say, especially in debate, I mean, it literally arguments. I mean, so it's it, you, you can't take it personally. Yeah. And, and I continue to, in college, too, I was on, on Western's debate team for three years. And, you know, you're going up against you know, some of the best. And, you know, thankfully WKU has a, a, a team that has a pretty good reputation to say the least. So, you know, when you're doing that, you know, you can't get offended because your teammates are, are really good. You know, mm-hmm. the people you're, you're going up against are, are really good. And I was not one of the best among them. Uh, but to have the opportunity to compete among the best speakers and the best debaters in the country is, is really good. And the only reason I left was I had to make a decision kind of at the end of my junior year. It was really good, but it was getting in the way of me doing things for the student newscast. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I had to say, you know, well, I'm looking at a career in journalism. I'm not looking at a career in academia or in speech and debate. Not that those aren't good careers and not that you can't make an impact, but that wasn't my direction. So I ended up leaving after three years, but it was a great experience. I would assume it'd be great preparation, too, for this job to be able to see two sides of a story. I think that probably impacts the way you write, the way you approach stories. So, spoiler alert, he graduated. Well, my question was, (laughs) when you went to college, was it specifically for broadcasting or was it, did you know that's what Mm -hmm. you wanted to do? Yeah, I've known since about age 13 that this is what I wanted to do. Did you have a hero or, like, anything that, like, set that into motion? Uh, you know, just watching local news was the big thing. Uh, Tom Brokaw was the person who I watched growing up. The The station that I watched back home happened to be an NBC affiliate. Of course, we're CBS here, but, but it happened to be an NBC affiliate that I watched growing up. So I'd, you know, finish watching the 5 o'clock news that was local, which was also good, and then I'd, I'd watch Tom Brokaw. So I hated to see it when he retired. I think it was in eighth grade when he retired and Brian Williams took 
that newscast mm-hmm. over, but he was my big one. Um, unfortunately, I didn't really uh, look into the life of Peter Jennings until after he passed away oh, he was great. of lung yeah. cancer in 2005, but he was one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, you look back and study, but Tom Brokaw was the big one. And of course, there were people who I watched. I mean, Randy Moore, who's one of the main anchors at WFIE in Evansville, he worked at another station at the time, but he was a really good anchor who I watched a lot back home in Evansville. And people forget just how big of an impact the anchors had then because, you know, you had, at least when I was younger, a lot fewer channels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially there weren't kind of specialized news cable channels, so you, you most people got their news from one of the big three. So, I always so just, love it. You know, because I remember when I was younger, if I would see, like, a news anchor or someone from TV, you know, eating out at a restaurant, I'd, like, lean over and be like, oh, my gosh, that's, <laughs> that's Sam Dick is sitting over there. Don't look, don't look, don't look. And, like, it, I still see it, like, if I go to the gas station with Bill. You know, he's been yeah. here so long. Everybody knows him yeah. and loves him. So it's just, like, you're a rock star in that community. You are. Yeah, there are people very excited about about seeing Bill. And then occasionally I get people looking at me going, uh, Why do I don't know, know you? Yeah, that's yeah. what I get too. <laughs> yeah. We haven't reached that that level yet. So then, after graduating, was did you go? Was YMT your first? Yeah, I went to WYMT first. I uh, started there about six weeks after I graduated. And, and, and what I guess did you explore different places, or was it kind of like okay, this is a good because it's YMT is a great place to go. I've seen so many people be able to succeed because you do so much. Yes, you know, it, a little bit of a coincidence. I. You know, when you start out in this business, you send resumes all over the country. I probably spent or sent rather 50, you know, resumes and reels and DVDs out to stations across the country and ended up at WYMT. I think it helped that I met, you know, the general manager there, Neil Middleton, at a, an AP awards ceremony while I was still in college. So there was that connection established. So Were I was you winning a- awards. I actually didn't win an award that year. Really? Um, I wasn't nominated for anything, but I had done a lot with that student newscast. So I had been on on some of the teams that had produced those. Uh, I don't know if I had actually had a hand in any of the award-winning work or not. I'd have to look back and see. But my senior year, uh, I ended up winning an award for that work, but mm-hmm. that didn't come until my first year at WYMT because those awards kind of are a year, are, after. Are a year right. after. So I didn't have any actual awards at that point, but I was at the ceremony, ended up meeting my future general manager and was a familiar face, went into interview and started there in July of 2013. That was a smart networking move on your part to just show up, you know, and just experience it. I think that's great. That's one of the things I tell, sometimes people ask me about getting into this business. It's like, it's, it's a lot of, they're a lot more likely to hire you if they already know who you are, even if oh, it's gosh, just, yeah. you know, from internships or I bugging people. To think, I shudder to think of the places I sent reels to. Like, I probably was sending reels to Dallas, Texas, <laughs> out of college like an idiot, you know? Like, Why and it was they so hire me? bad. Exactly. It's like you're so clueless and green going into it. I had no idea, like, market size and stuff like that. Well, the funny thing is, I, I kept a list of all of the places that I sent resumes to the first time around, and one of them was KKTV. Oh, wow. Where I ended up working for my second job. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. And that was in Colorado, which we'll get to that soon. Yes. But let's go back to YMT. So your first role was what, reporting? I started out as a reporter there. Uh, there was an opening for the morning anchor position, so they brought me in to do a couple of, uh, of air checks with uh, the then morning anchor, Michelle Heron. So I you know, did a couple of air checks. They liked it. They... Uh, 
you know, gave me the great opportunity to anchor mornings there. And it was amazing how quick it happened because normally it doesn't happen that way, but just, you know, I guess the right skill set on my part, you know, a little bit of luck and, and the fact that there was the opening, I, um, I started anchoring there within about a month of, of starting at the station. And it was kind of crazy. The first week that I was, you know, I knew I was going to anchor. I did an air check and, you know, the air check went well enough that I started anchoring the next day after they had named me the anchor. And then that Friday there was, you know, a big breaking story and I was getting ready for work and, and almost ready to head out the door. And I got a call from, from Michelle, my co-anchor who said, you know, we, we don't know much about this, but you're not anchoring this morning. You're going to be going out live. And all we know is that, you know, this is a big story. So I ended up being off the desk for the first Friday that I would have anchored, but it was just because it was, you know, a big story. Yeah. And, you know, they don't have a morning, didn't have a morning reporter there. So I was the morning reporter. They pulled me off the desk. field anchoring. (laughs) Yes. Come on. We got, we got to sell this now. So at a small station, you wear a lot of hats, Mm -hmm. you know, and obviously that's a small community. And I do want to say before I forget my brother's roommate from college, his name is Ethan Hamblin, and he's from Gays Creek, so he watched YMT growing up, and he always spoke so highly of you. Well, thank you. He used you. to watch you on YMT, and he just loved you and said, you know, you were always involved with community events, and he would see you out and about, so I think that's really important that you did that. That was important to me, because the way I saw it was, I, you know, you know sometimes going into a smaller station that you're not going to be there for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I always took the perspective of even if I'm not going to be there forever, I'm going to invest in the community while I can. And three years, you get a lot of opportunities to invest in the community. So, and it's it's easy to do when you are you know young, you're fresh out of college, you're single. You know, you've got those opportunities to really reach out in the community. And and I think that was what I was called to be doing at the time. I got involved with Kiwanis, a good friend of mine, uh, actually the best man at my wedding, Brandon Robinson, got me involved in Kiwanis there. Uh, where I was able to to do a lot, and it was a great opportunity. And, you know, just, you know, being out there, I think, helps helps a lot. You know, I might as well, you know, show that, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be a part of this community if I'm going to be serving it in the way that I was. And viewers noticed, obviously, and they appreciated that. Nice. So, so then you finish up three years there. At that point, did you know uh, I'm going to move on somewhere else? I mean, kind of. I did, and it, it was kind of interesting how I kind of made that transition because when I when I started at YMT, I was kind of on an anchor reporter track. So when I was first started at YMT, and I'd say for the first two years or so that I was there, I would you know go in. I was the morning anchor, so I'd be there four o'clock in the morning. I'd anchor the morning newscast that went from five to seven, and then I would go out and turn a story for the four or six o'clock newscast. So it was anchor and reporter. So I was, you know, reporting and anchoring, and I really liked that role, but wanted to get into more of the producing side. I'd always had kind of a, an idea that I wanted to do some producing. I dabbled in producing in college. So, you know, approached my superiors, and, and the management there was okay with it. So actually the, uh, the last nine months there, I was basically the full-time morning producer. So I stopped reporting. Um, And when I say I stopped reporting, I stopped going out in the field and reporting. And for the last nine months or so there, I went from waking up early and anchoring the news and turning a story for a later newscast to going in in the middle of the night. I'd get there 11 at night, you know, midnight, 
work through the night, produce the morning newscast and anchor it. And then I'd, you know, I'd leave by about nine o'clock in the morning because at that point, you know, the shift was over and then you hand it off to the next shift. And I found that I really enjoyed producing. So I ended up when I was looking for that next step, looking for producing jobs. It's funny. I remember when I was working in Bowling Green, I did the evening newscast. So I guess you and I may have slightly overlapped at times. And you would call our station asking for stories. Yeah. So it was, it's funny how, like, the world is so small. Um, yeah. I just think that's interesting. And then well, we and finally it, cross paths here at KYC. Exactly. And, I mean, you know, Shelby McCutty, our morning executive producer, I would call him frequently when I mm-hmm. was – working in Hazard because WYMT and WKYT, there's a lot of overlap in the coverage area. So if KYT covered something that I liked, I would, you know, ask for that. There were times that KYT would ask for something that that we were covering. So there's a lot of sharing that goes on there. And and there still is, Uh, you know, when I'm, you know, even now when I was working mornings here at WKYT, you know, there would be communication overnight about things that were going on in areas that we both cover. Yeah. So then you went from YMT to Colorado, is that what you said? Yeah, Colorado Springs. Yeah. I almost worked there, um, and it's one of the most beautiful places. I interviewed at a station there, but... It is beautiful out there, and I mean, if you like hiking and outdoors, it's a wonderful place. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was only there for nine months before the opportunity at WKYT came up, but uh, worked mornings there. I did the the hour-long 4 p.m. newscast there, you know, a a great opportunity, um, a great chance to see, you know, just a beautiful part of the country, Um, you know, a a great team and a great newsroom there. And of course, I met my wife out there. That that was the highlight. I I met my wife out in Colorado Springs. So tell us that story. How did you guys meet? So a funny thing, it was Labor Day weekend and a church group was organizing this camping trip. I hadn't been camping except for like, you know, one Boy Scout trip when I was like eight or nine. So I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> you know, bought a sleeping bag for the trip because everything else I, I understood would be provided. And, you know, went on this church camping trip and met Cheryl and the rest is history. You know, we we exchanged phone numbers then. And yeah, and, <laughs> you know, the, the, you know, it was Labor Day weekend. So Labor Day, of course, you know, she, my wife's a teacher. She had off she that off, day. Yeah. Uh, I was, I work in news, so I was working. And, you know, ended up having breakfast after that. And that was your first date. Well, it wasn't to. It wasn't just us. So that wasn't our first date. Ah. Um, but, but funny story. I think the Friday afterward, um, I get a text from Cheryl, and she said, "You know, I'm going on a hike. Would you like to come with me?" She asked you. She asked me. So Mitchell, you got chased. It. <laughs> it turns out that she had texted. You know, maybe a half a dozen other people. You were her last choice. <laughs> <laughs> and and everybody, it was supposed to be like this big group, group. thing. Everybody canceled and it ended up being just the two of us. It was meant oh, to be. Nice. Yeah. So what was it like for her adjusting to somebody working in the news business and just your crazy hours? And- you know, I think it was a little bit tough at first because it was, you know, you know, I was working overnights for the f- first part of our relationship in Colorado Springs. But I think she she realized it and she knew, but we were also able to make the schedule work. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there were, you know, there was one time I was able to bring her lunch after working an overnight shift. So that was nice. And then I moved to Dayside, uh, probably midway through my time in Colorado Springs, maybe a little less. And so, 
when I moved to day side, basically a nine to five schedule, not easier. it, it, it pretty well aligns with a teacher's schedule. Not exactly, but it, it aligns a little more with a, a typical teacher's schedule. So it worked out well there. But when I started at KYT, I was working overnights mm-hmm. and, you know, it was long distance and our entire engagement mm-hmm. was long distance, but we made it work. And it's kind of funny, you know, you think of a two hour time difference being difficult, but it almost made it easier. I was going to say, it might have helped you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Colorado is is two hours behind Lexington. So when I moved here, when I took the opportunity at KYT, I uh, was producing the 6 a.m. news, as you know, Andrea. For me. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I was I was in your ear, and, and I'm sorry, but I was in your ear for about a year before I, I moved to daytime. Telling me and build a hush, which is not an easy thing to do. <laughs> But, you know, it it ended up working out really well because I I come in at, I would come in at around midnight when I worked overnight. So I would try to leave the house by around 11 o'clock at night. So that was nine o'clock her time. So I would get Cheryl right as she was going to bed and I'd I'd talk to her on the way in. I got off at around 8 a.m when I was working overnights here and producing the six o'clock hour of the morning news. So I was calling her at about six o'clock her time just as she was waking up. And there would be calls sprinkled in, in In between between, based on, on my sleeping schedule. So, you know, yeah, it was long distance and it was difficult, but, but we made the time difference work to our advantage. We have to make everything work in this business, like this podcast, because I know you have to produce a show now (laughs) in a few minutes. So is there anything that we didn't ask you that you would want to talk about? What's it been like, uh, once you started working at, at KYT, because obviously you kind of knew who we, we were from your time at YMT, yeah. but then once you actually started working here, what was that like? Well, it was kind of interesting because I never really saw myself as as coming to Lexington because a lot of people from WYMT end up at WKYT. You knew most of the staff when you got here. I did. Because <laughs> you all had worked together. I really did. I mean, Angela Rygert I worked with at WYMT. Uh, Matthew Rand, I worked with at WYMT. There, uh, Jim Caldwell, I worked briefly with at Poor WYMT. Um, and I'm sure there's others who oh, I didn't mention. So there are a lot of people there. And I made a pit stop in Colorado Springs before I came here. But I really have fallen in love with Lexington. It's a really great city. It's, you know, the perfect size, a good area. And the really nice thing for for myself and for Cheryl is it's drivable if we want to see our family. She's from the Pittsburgh area, so it's drivable to to go there. I'm from Evansville. It's about a three-hour drive coming and going from Evansville to here. So it makes it close when we want to see family yeah. uh, that we can we can make those trips without having to think, okay, well, we're going to fly home, you know, maybe, you know, once or twice a year. Yeah. And I know she's at a good school. Yes. Honey, they breed greatness at that school. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That happens to be your alma mater. Yes. Oh, Oh, is that that what's going on there? West Jessamine, she's Mm -hmm. at the middle school, right? Yes. That's what I thought. West Jessamine Middle School. Yeah. Does she like it so far? She does. Well, thank goodness. She does. <laughs> I'd have to be embarrassed if she didn't like it. Actually, we went to see one of her productions, and I saw your picture on the wall at the high school because the the theater production that, that her kids were starring in happened to be at the high school, and they've got oh, all of the I didn't even know I had there. a picture on the wall. Well, your graduating class picture. Oh. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Andrew was thinking she, they put a picture up like, oh, here's, here's Andrew I went Walker. through a really unfortunate perm <laughs> highlight phase oh, wow. so yeah, in middle Andrea, school. You think Andrea has big hair now? Yeah. Let me but, tell you. But this was at the high school, so it was, 
Because I think you graduated right around the same time I did. I'm not going to reveal the year. I'll let you reveal that if you want to. I don't care. All right, nice. What's it like um, Yeah, trying to wrangle uh, Bill and Andrea? Um, Let's you know. mm, no. It's not important. No? Come on. I'm just <laughs> well, it, you know, it's you learn to to know that you know there's going to be ad living, and and the nice thing about a morning newscast is you you know that that's going to happen, so you you build time for that. Yeah. Um, but you didn't know how much Bill likes to talk. Did right. You? Not not at first. No. Which is what people and love. Me. Right. Yeah. E- exactly. I mean, you know, we we the software that we use to produce our newscast it's it's really nice because when you time everything out it tells you you know i'm over 30 seconds or i'm under 30 seconds or or however long it is and i knew that when i was working mornings i could go into that six o'clock hour with a rundown saying under two minutes and i would be a-okay yep Yep, I think and, that's one of the things people don't and realize. And probably still had to wrangle us well, in. Too, is everything going on in the backgrounds? Like stories that are sometimes getting switched, stories that are just getting killed. It's like, okay, we don't need this now. Oh, we got to add something because mm-hmm. something ran short. Mm-hmm. I, mean, they, I think they just don't realize how much is actively happening that they don't see. And ideally, you don't see it on screen. Everything you don't looks notice. like it's all exactly. And and there are some things that you can be flexible with, and sometimes you can't. I mean, when you've got breaking news, obviously you're adding that, and you're you're getting rid of some other story that you might might not have run. Uh, and you, you used know. to do both at the same time. You used to anchor and produce at the same time, which yes. I did as well, and it is not easy. It's not easy, but it's a lot of fun. It is, because you feel ownership of it. You really say, do. Show. It is your show. I mean, the when I did morning news at WIMT, that show was my baby. Aww. You know, it was, you know, you're, you're heavily invested in it because, you know, it's a small station. I mean, you know, I... For part of that show, I or part of the time I was there, I didn't have a co-anchor, so it was myself, uh, Chris Johnson, who who worked here for for two years and and is now working in Louisville and is a, a good friend of mine, and you know your your technical staff, you know your your director and your master control operator. So sometimes it's a crew of four putting that mm-hmm. that newscast together. together. And you know, so yeah, you get a real sense of ownership over that newscast yeah. because you're. You know, you're a quarter of the staff, and you know you're trying to put it all together and make sure all the moving parts work together. When it's good, it's on you. When it's bad, it's on you. Exactly. That's the only thing. <laughs> There's no one else to blame. <laughs> exactly. But you you get used to doing everything everything by yourself, and and to be honest, it's a little bit of adjustment when you move up and you realize, oh, I'm not doing this. You know, I can delegate. Right. A little bit of this, and it, like it's hogging it, the machine. Yeah, it's it, it can be a little bit of a hard adjustment to to let somebody else do that and kind of let go. Yeah, I can get, I can certainly understand that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Mitchell, is there anything else you'd like to say before we go? I've enjoyed this half hour. I know. I don't think so. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Right, thanks. Go get back to work. <laughs> well, Andrea, what'd you think of that? It was good. It was good. <laughs> and you know, the funny thing is, I feel like I kept saying, like, I remember you from then. I remember yeah. you from them. It's like I, me and Mitchell paths, had very like similar paths. Too crisscrossed, yeah. In like Quite the, a bit. In like the stories of each other's lives, I guess you'll pop up in the background. I know. Of each other, yeah. I'll be a, a secondary character, but um, it was funny when he was telling the story about how you know his wife asked him to go hiking, and you know she asked all these Everybody people else before. Bailed. That is the exact same way that I made my best friend from middle and high school and into college. We roomed together my freshman year of college, wow. but. I remember, I think it was maybe seventh grade, sixth or seventh grade, she was going to Kentucky Kingdom during the state fair. And she apparently didn't, I didn't 
hear about this story until like a year later when it was funny. But she apparently had asked like everyone, all of her friends to go and nobody could go. And her dad told me later that she was like crying (laughs) because, you know, she really wanted to go and she didn't want to go by herself or, you know, with her brother or whatever. So he just was like, well, what about Andrea Walker? Because we lived like two you know, two houses away from each other what out in the country. about that girl who doesn't have any so, friends? So, as close to neighbors as you can be out in the country. Um, that girl who doesn't have friends. I had friends back then. <laughs> I was different back then. But, um, yeah, so I guess she kind of was like, oh, I guess. <laughs> and then <laughs> and you me, and I was like, friends. Sure, I'll go. And we we really did. I mean, the best of friends, like inseparable. So, sometimes awesome. I feel like... like the world works in mysterious ways. It sure does. Yeah, but I was a last resort too. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you were you were telling me you have a story about Alex Walker. Now I want to hear this. Oh, I don't know. I don't think I've told this before, but a lot of people here know about it because sometimes your cousin Alex Walker. No, unfortunately, no. So people will email the station and they can either choose to email you personally or they can choose to email everyone and embarrass you in front of the entire staff at WKYT. So someone, we have this thing called Good Question, Mm -hmm. and someone emailed and asked if I was Alex Walker's mother. (laughs) Did you not know this? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Isn't he like a year younger than you? He's one year younger than me. (laughs) I... Do not like how hard you're laughing at this. <laughs> well, clearly Victor think, didn't read his I'm email. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing you getting this email and looking at the computer and seeing your face. No. Picture it differently. Okay. Uh, Walk me through this. It's Jim Caldwell, like, doubling oh, over. Oh, Jim discovered it? Oh, that's Jim saw better. it first and was like, oh, boy. You know, because he knew I'd get mad because I oh, get, wow. you know, I'm just a, uh, an extra person. Oh, wow. So he saw it and was just like, oh, she's going to die. Oh, wow. So that's kind of, he alerted me to it. And then I just, you know, sulked for a little bit. And I, <laughs> I, I you know, considered things in my life. I, oh, I went boy. through an extreme makeover. I did wow. cut some hair off. And I remember specifically asking my hairdresser. I was like, can you look, give me something that will make me look younger? younger? Yeah. I really did. Because wow. I've always had the tendency to look older than I am. And I think I'm a little age ambiguous now, but mm-hmm. apparently not. That's that's in my head. I think I'm age ambiguous. Everybody else just thinks I'm. No, I still think you are too. I you think I've so? always had a hard time figuring out how old you are. Well, good. Oh, but yeah, that was a humbling experience. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that I on know. the podcast. All right, Andrea, uh, do you have a favorite thing this week? Uh, yes. All right. Yeah, you're holding it in your hand. I'm holding it in my hand. We've been making fun of um, your French soda. Yes, it is a French soda that I uh, impulse purchased at Kroger the other day. And this flavor is dragon fruit plum French mm. soda. And it is called, we're not sure, but I think Diabolo or Diabolo. Diabolo. That's so, French. That did more Italian there. That was a problem. <laughs> Close enough. Whatever. It's a me, a Mario. Sorry. Wow. Continue. All right. Moving on. Uh, but... I guess the first time I looked at it, I just thought it said Diablo. I wasn't really paying close enough attention. Another great video game. <laughs> if you say so. But uh, this morning, Bill spilled his Mountain Dew on the set everywhere. <laughs> Which occasionally, yeah. so that's the thing Amber and I anchor in the afternoons, and sometimes we'll come down and the set is sticky. And now I know why. It's happened more than once. Don't just look at me like that. Like I don't know what well, I'm talking about. 
I am not the culprit. Okay. So 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 there was a soda spilled this morning. Although Bill said he, he cleaned he it up. He cleaned it up. He he slaved and labored on his hands and knees to clean up <laughs> under your seat, buddy. Well, I really um, appreciate that. But you don't want to see Bill uncaffeinated oh, no. on a morning show. Yeah, you don't want to see anyone no. un- under-caffeinated I've definitely on had a morning days show. Where there was uh, one afternoon where uh, the little girl had got up throughout the night. And mm. so I was just... I was just dragging. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll have caffeine in the afternoon around one or two, but I just, I had missed it that day. You need a second wind. Well, I was filling in for Sam that whole week. Mm -hmm. And during the four o'clock, I just stumbled. Same way, 4.30. Been there. And Amber looked at me at one point. She's like, you all right? I said, no, I'm not. So I went to my desk where I had some warm Diet L8s, cracked one of those, and basically chugged it during a commercial break. And then I had to spend the whole next uh, break trying not to burp while I was reading my stories. (laughs) Because I chucked it. Goodness gracious! But uh, you, you should have just owned it and well, like. By the five thirty, I had you know I, was, I had a little pep in my step and I was feeling good, <laughs> and so the rest of the show was all right. It's funny that you said that. Like, are you all right? I've had people say that to me before. You know, like they'll text me or like my mom or something. She'd be like, "Slow down." Yeah, is everybody okay? Yeah. No, but like. Are you so, too hyped up? Or like, if your producer gets in your ear and they're like, "Are you okay?" You're like, "Man, am I that bad?" <laughs> I didn't think anyone noticed. I thought I was pulling this off. And you're like, apparently not. I guess not. So, uh, All right. So anyway, I had two of these Diabolo French sodas in the refrigerator. So I was like, I got to go get Bill. And only look, that's a a big can. Only 60 calories a can. Yes. No caffeine. That's the thing. I didn't realize that until later. Because he's like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know. I could tell he needed it. Yeah, he was a little bit stressed. It says no caffeine. I'd never noticed small that letters. part. But, very small letters. So I laughed because Bill read it Diabolo, which we now know is correct. But Bill is sometimes notorious for mispronouncing words. And in my head, I'm thinking it's Diablo. <laughs> so I hear Bill say Diabolo right before we go back on air. And there is a <laughs> section. Oh, I'm, I'm like tears. You know what I mean? When I'm trying not to laugh, I cry <laughs> instead. <laughs> So, yeah, but it turns out I, I stand corrected. This is uncaffeinated Diabolo. I so you did him no wrong. good. You I just gave him, him some empty no calories. No favors and made fun of him for something he did correctly. But you enjoy the soda. That's the point. Anyway, that's my favorite thing. And I do like, he had the blueberry lemonade, which is good, but I do like this one better. The oh, dragon fruit I'm curious. Plum. I may have to pick some of that up. So uh, last night, Mandy and I went to a live podcast taping <gasps> at Comedy Off-Broadway of Doug Loves Movies. Ooh. Yes, with comedian Doug Benson. He was Did in town. Did you learn anything? Uh, no, I mean, he's kind of... He's, <laughs> Different. I would refer to it as stoner humor. So I, a lot of that won't apply did to me. Did you prepare appropriately? <laughs> no, no, I definitely <laughs> did not. Uh, but I, we had a great time. Do you get random drug tested after this podcast exactly. comes well, out? Exactly. That's the You'll thing. I was why. like, no, thanks everybody. But uh, So I'll, he was very friendly. I took pictures with us afterwards. It's a kind of a game show format, mm-hmm. but it's also very loose, the games. The, the winners kind of matter, kind of don't. Yeah. But e- each person prepares a, they call them name tags, but they take movie posters and switch them to, they'll put their face on them. Or like mine was Captain America, the Victor Soldier. Of course. And then, yeah. And then Mandy, we just did the Wizard of Mandy because she, she could, we were like, uh, we're, we also didn't know if we were going to be able to come until really yesterday. So we kind of just printed out posters and took a Sharpie to them. Whereas well, other I, people used Photoshop. I mean, they were, oh, they sure. were nice. Well, I appreciate the invite. Since you know how much I love podcasts big, and comedy off Broadway. Are you a big de- oh, well, it started at 7.15. You'd have been in bed by then. I can nap, okay? I can nap. I was mowing the yard. Well, so here's the good news. It's all good. Can, I wouldn't have come anyway. You I would can have listen to it. Out. It'll be, it'll be out as a podcast. 
possibly today or tomorrow. Were you a contestant? I was not a contestant. Well, Dang no, it. They ha- he, has, he has other comedians who are oh, on okay. as contestants. But we were in the crowd. I have no doubt at some point you'll be able to hear Mandy's laugh. Because she, <laughs> she was laughing that. at quite a bit of stuff. I mean, I was too. I was. It, it, it was hilarious. Uh, the show is um, definitely for adults. Okay. Um, Good to I, know. You know. I don't want to. Don't play this in the in the car with your kids. But um, it's it's a very popular podcast. Um, you know. I've heard of it. I don't know that I've listened to it, but I have heard of it. So it must. Be. He has huge guests on there. This, yeah. this time he had some local, some Cincinnati comedians. But I mean, he's had you know John Hamm and Chris Evans, and I mean, just they they got mm. Patton Oswalt's on there quite a bit. Um, so he has big guests. Um, and so, he's yeah. legit. Yeah, he, he's legit. Uh, you know, he has festivals and stuff. Although he is one of the final games they play is called Last Man Stanton. And it's um, they basically pick a movie star and then they have to go down in a row naming movies that person has been in until you run out. The last Ooh, person. That's and it all fun. started with uh, based on uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Okay. Uh, the actor who's. But in Lexington, they have Stanton Fest. And I informed him about that because he didn't know that they had uh, a movie festival just about Harry Dean Stanton. So he may come check that out. I bet. His next live taping so will if, be. So if he does, you know, that'll be interesting. I'll let you all know about it because I think that you. could be fun. We'll go to that one. Which I didn't realize Her- uh, Stanton Fest this year. Dabney Coleman is coming. What? I haven't seen him in a while. And Dennis Quaid and his band. Wait. Dang it. I was thinking of Randy Quaid. <laughs> no, that's his brother. <laughs> I think I'm the only person that's disappointed. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I would say Dennis Quaid is the more famous one, but. Um, I love Randy Quaid. I mean, yeah, I'm all about some, yeah, Cousin Eddie. Eddie? I mean, yeah, Come on. It's great. An iconic character. So there we go. So, uh, yeah, you'll be able to find that on your podcast feed at some point. It'll be the Doug Loves Movies episode from um, Comedy Off-Broadway in Lexington, Kentucky. And it was it was a great show. I mean, I, I really had a good time. It was funny. Uh, we, you know. Well, good. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Feel free to invite me to stuff because I'm, as we've established earlier, I have no friends well, to be anymore. fair, it was just me and Mandy, <laughs> and you know it would have been a little awkward. I can be a third wheel. I am an wheel. expert at it. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Well, next time we go to something fun, I'll let you know. All and, right. Thank uh, we you. We can do a full review afterwards. I'll bring my dog. But like I said, you'll be able to listen, and it'll be like you were there. There you go. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to our podcast. We certainly appreciate it. Feel free to tell your friends about it if you're enjoying it. We need to grow our audience as much as we can. Yes. Give us a reason to continue to do this. Give us a reason. <laughs> and, uh, read, you know, I am on Twitter as the Victor Puente mm-hmm. because, once again, Mexican, Mexican businessman business sitting on Victor Puente won't give it to me. And I am Andrea WKYT. I should probably just simplify to that and just be Victor WKYT. I mean, I'm not going anywhere. Might as well just own it. Yeah, they own you now. So <laughs> They got me for a couple more years. <laughs> Don't worry, me too. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Sorry. Oh, we did it at the same time. No, go ahead. Get the big one. No, you go first. Bye. Bye. Much better.